Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozny, and today's episode is part of a special Q&A series involving students from various Calgary post-secondary institutions and an industry expert from the business community. Out of 20 podcast episodes to date, a total of 53 students have participated, including undergrads in the Bachelor of Commerce, Software Engineering, Computer Science, and Business and Communications faculties, Master students in the Master of Management and Master of Business Administration programs, and Evolve learners from the Inception U Full Stack Developer program here in Calgary. As my two listeners will know, this initiative started during one of my mentoring sessions with Haskane MBA student Jagbir Randawa when we bounced the idea of having him and his MBA colleagues join me on the podcast to share their career expectations for summer roles in 2021 and upon graduation in 2022. It seemed only natural to invite industry experts to allow these students to obtain practical and value-added feedback as they navigate their careers in these COVID-muddied waters. I hope you enjoy this initiative, and to ensure you don't miss future episodes, I invite you to subscribe to the Calgary Business Podcast. I also invite you to leave a review to allow others to easily find my podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe. Good morning. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozniak, and this morning for episode 294, I've got a trio of students from Mount Royal University and Bob Sumner from Parker PR. Bob, I'm going to let you start, introduce yourself, and I'll go to the students, let them introduce themselves, and then we'll go direct to Q&A. Bob? All right. Um, My name is Bob, as Alan said, and uh, I've been in I I spent over 30 years in the media, like my first job was the 1988 Olympics, and went over to two and seven, uh, worked on a bunch of shows. It was different back then. It was all before the internet. That it was, there was a time when there was no internet, if you can believe it. And uh, (laughs) so I worked on shows like Kid Street, Balloon or Landing, Mr. Wizard, Spelling Bee, The Flames on two and seven with Ed Whaler, all those fun things. We produced like up to 10 hours of news every day. Uh, I traveled a lot. I became a news photographer, uh, like a videographer. So I got to travel. I got to travel a lot because you you couldn't just shoot and like high band high band video and send it back. You had to go shoot it and bring it home yeah. with you, and then put it together. So news. Wait, so Bob, yeah. two and seven today's two and seven is that global? Or who it's global. Seven? Yeah, it went through. It became Calgary Seven, changed logos a couple of times, and then it became global. So that wow. was uh, yeah. And then everything kind of changed after that. That's when everything became live all the time. But uh, yeah, and then I, I and then uh, I just after thirty years doing that, I, I ended up on the editorial desk, uh, doing assignment editor, and I was just yeah. getting burnt out. So I went and took PR at Mount Royal University, and that's how I ended up over here with Ellen Parker, who's a dear friend, and uh, she's took me under her wing at almost sixty and showed me the way. Wait, so let's go back. You were in, you were a student just not too long ago. Uh, yeah, it was 2016, I, 2017 I finished that. And it wasn't the degree program. It was the certificate program yeah. for, for public relations and marketing. Okay, so, were you the oldest guy in the class? Come out no, there was, there was a few people older than me, but I was the smartest. <laughs> that is, that is cla- that's like Rodney Dangerfield. You know that movie, Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah, yeah. Back that to school. Is, 
back to school. That's classic. Thank Bob. I'm going to use this one later, but let's, let's go to the students. Cause we can talk, we can, we're going to unpack yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your creativity, Bob, but let's go to Eliza first and then we'll go and then we'll introduce yourself, please. Eliza. Perfect. Hi, I'm Eliza. Um, I'm a third year communication student and I'm majoring in PR at Mount Royal university. I also have a bit of a background in journalism and um, some interest in philosophy and psychology. So, Eliza, can I ask you, was Bob like a legend when you went there? Like, yeah, there was this really cool old guy there. Sorry, oh, Bob, I'm, I'm younger than you. I'm, I'm old too. <laughs> All the stories are true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eliza. Uh, Grace, how about? Hi. Yeah. So I'm Grace Quinn. I just finished, just graduated from the um, public relations program at Mount Royal University, which is crazy. I took the program in five years just so I could work part time in between. And I'm just really excited to start dipping my toes in the industry and try and seeking out any and all opportunities I possibly can. But I'm really grateful that I'm on the episode today. And I'm really excited to pick your brain, Bob, because I feel like you have some yeah. killer stories. <laughs> Bob, uh, yeah. that that was a she's looking for work. Work. Please, <laughs> please listen carefully to the re when we rerun this one. And all your name looks, all, all of your names look familiar. So maybe from Twitter or something. I don't know. <laughs> all right, uh, Paul. Let's let's let Paul. Last but not least. Sure. Um, Paul Assange, same year as Grace, actually. So graduated this year. Uh, my experience is a mix. So I worked in real estate for one of my internships and. Currently now I'm working for Poeta Digital, a tech company based here in Calgary and has an office in Vietnam and Seattle. Cool. Wow. That's pretty cool. I should note, I want to note for the benefit of the, list, the two listeners out there, that uh, Ellen Parker was, was, a, was a friend of this podcast or been on that back in uh, January, episode 231. So just to Bob, in case you didn't know and you want to listen to that. But uh, let's go, Paul. You get the first question. You get the first crack. Oh, sure. All right. So... Obviously, with that, you know, quick and rapid change recently, what first drew you into public relations and why, Bob? Uh, well, I, I, you know, when I was on the assignment desk, I was dealing with all the PR companies in Calgary, the province, uh, nationally, and worldwide reach as well. So, and I always, I always took pride in, um, even if we weren't doing their story, I'd always engage with them and get back to them. So I developed some really good relationships and networks over the years. And... I just, you know, to be honest, I'll be straight up with you. I, I was burned out from doing news. It was uh, 500 emails a day, death and destruction, murder, murder, murder. Um, and I found myself trying to assign uh, craft beer stories too many times. You know, I, I just realized that I was losing uh, interest in the mainstream feed of news and that I needed to change something in my life. And it's, so I had a few other, op I had an opportunity to work with the Sheldon Kennedy Center at one point, but um I was offered the communications director position there, and then they lost overnight funding, $700,000 in funding. It was one of the crashes back then. Um, I was offered a, the role with the Nature Conservancy of Canada as well, and I just couldn't see myself having any passion for that. But mm -hmm. Ellen approached me, and uh, I saw her client list, and I'd been to quite a few of her events, and she was a very genuine person, which was important to me. So that was how I ended up over here. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, you bet. And the most important takeaway from that was the network that I built over the years. Yeah. Um, because it's it's the it's what carries you through so many things. Like you can, you know, like you mentioning Vietnam and Calgary, and you know, you can just remain remember who those people are 
no matter what business you're in, at some point you might want to reach out to those people. Yeah, connections are incredible. Connections, yeah. yeah. Well, let's thank you, Paul. Thank you, Bob, for that one. Let's Grace. Let's go right to Grace now, please. Perfect. Yeah, I actually was just going to ask a question because I'm really curious. Bob, why did you want, like, why did you choose to pivot to PR? Because I know you have quite a background in all kinds of different stuff, and especially with uh, radio news and uh, communications on that side. So why did you choose public relations in comparison to the other avenues you could have chosen? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my my wife at the time was in Mount Royal taking the HR certificate program. Oh, nice. And I thought, and I thought you know, I, I should go do something before I get too old. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is, right? And so oh, I looked at I looked at the I, limit. <laughs> I was looking at the marketing. I I'd taken I'd started at the university a long time ago taking marketing management. I was intrigued by it, but I for a lot of circumstances I couldn't finish it. But I thought I'm gonna go look at the PR program and I knew some of the instructors there. And I thought, well that I think I'm gonna go try and just try this out, see if I can write on the right PR style and uh, do marketing and communications and research and all that. And uh, it appears you can take news skills and transfer them over to PR. Oh, I can imagine so. I feel like yeah. it, it is very interchangeable, but I feel like you also learn a lot of different strategies and it introduces yes. you to those avenues, which is really awesome too. So thank and you so I, much. Appreciate it. And I still have a feel for what, uh, like what a newsroom is doing. So yeah. it, really, it really helps with our strategy. Totally. And, and then we've started a media company as well. So uh, just with the shrinking media landscape we felt it was important for our own storytelling capabilities to start our own company so yeah you know it's the world's changing as we speak right you know bob it's interesting that the the, the media because you guys it's called parker media right parker pr media yeah uh, parker pr media because literally the conversations i was on a, 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 chat, a chat room in clubhouse and yeah. it was literally about the shrinking small town newspaper and yeah. i just want i want to get your thoughts like what do you say to those small town newspapers today i mean in you know, you've got Stetler, Alberta, or you've got yeah. Metasquin. What do you say to those people? Yeah, they. Well, I think you got to find something else to do, and like, uh, like it's going to become a multimedia. Uh, it's just the whole industry is changing into everything is going to be covered. And what stream do you watch? Like, do you just follow people you agree with, or you, that was always my favorite thing about journalism, just because you could challenge both sides. Yeah. You could prevent. You could present both sides. Um, it seems to be a little bit more diluted now. But you can, I mean, you can find anything you want online and find things that you maybe agree with. You can just find that stream anywhere. So. No, that's good. Let's go. Let's go. So, thank Eliza, can we, we can bring you in on the uh, questions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, just bouncing off of that, I was kind of curious how specifically your experience in radio and TV has helped you in the PR field. Sorry, could you ask that again? I'm sorry. There was yeah. a beep on my thing. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, just based on your background in media, I was curious how specifically your experience in radio and TV has helped you in the PR field. Oh, yeah, it's it's helped tremendously. Now, um, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not a great writer. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm better than when I started. But I think the most important thing, and I'll, I'll just keep saying it over and over again as well, is it's just the relationships that I still have in that industry. Uh, open the doors a little faster, to be honest. Um, I can text most of the assignment desks and phone them and they'll always have a minute for me. Um, I can, you know, the news directors are still like my friends. Uh, they have their jobs to do, but uh, they'll, they'll listen. I don't waste a lot of their time. So you have to be very strategic and 
and Ellen has a lot of good relationships as well. So, and Jacqueline, Jacqueline Brown's another one of our colleagues that left CTB. I worked with her over there and she came down to join us because she wanted to try something quite at an early time in her career. But uh, so between the three of us, we can, we have really good relationships right across the city and across Canada at some, for some things that we need to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. Did you find that the getting some insight um, on the other side of the relationship was helpful? Very much so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess pe- the way the way I describe it now is when you're in the newsroom in charge, you get to decide what's going to be on. And when you're over here, you're like, please, please put this on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we always have to be on our best behavior. We always have to be over, not over polite, but over communicative and always very nice, thankful. Whereas newsrooms, you can be kind of more like a little harsh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But as I'm sure you know, like PR is a little bit of grace and a little bit of everything mixed together. <laughs> right? sure. And then knowing how to tell a story and when to tell that story is important too. So, mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of grace, let's, let's go back to grace for another question. <laughs> I just honestly, yeah, my name just goes with the play on words. I love it. I'm here for it. But, um, <laughs> So I guess what I can ask, Bob, is since PR can be so versatile, what kind of projects have you taken on at Parker PR that you've really enjoyed um, throughout your time in the PR industry? What was your favorite part? What maybe even your dislikes or how you can kind of take on new ones? Like, explain yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's like back before the pandemic. We I loved organizing events, getting the right people to the events, and then and then going to the events. Yeah, because that was how that was kind of our. Uh, secret sauce over here for a long time and it totally. still is but you know having so many people that want to come to these parties is it's kind of a nice thing to have um mm-hmm. working with people like Stephen deer at modern steak you know and the, he uh he would say just let's just do a party and we'd do this great party we'd have rolls royces parked out front and uh dj cov Stephen would throw like amazing amounts of food out and cocktails jack daniels would be down there wine reps you know, and then, uh, oh, we had all the right people in Calgary there, and then we could meet people and uh, yeah, just a really good network. Our, yeah, expand our networks, right? Yeah, totally. and then the free house down in Kensington here, we had the same thing. We had all the top food writers, and it was the entire beer community came down, and all sorts of really good, influential people. And so, yeah, so th- that's what I always loved. Um, so how have you kind of coped with COVID? I know it's obviously, yeah. it's been very hindering for all of us. And I think it's kind of as much as I, I know, I love being social and I love meeting people, yeah. but right now that's not really, a, it's not uh, on the table. So how have you kind yeah. of been coping with the pandemic and has it brought up any new ideas for you? Yeah, great question. The uh, I remember uh, sitting here with Ellen and Jacqueline, we we're sitting here like what the hell is what are we going to do and uh <laughs> all, of you know, our all, our, all of our revenue was you know not all of it but quite a bit and, um at, i'll go back to stephen deer he decided ellen had given him this idea that he should launch modern burgers between the two of them because they're, they've been friends for a long time so stephen thought well i'm going to survive in this i'm going to launch modern burger but okay great idea we pitched it to global and then had Stephen and Ellen there talking about supporting local shops, how important that's going to be during this lockdown. Oh, absolutely. And so we did the last uh, in-studio live TV segment at Global Calgary before everything shut down. Um, oh, and it was wow. launching Modern Burger and Ellen putting up support local business. And 
and we realized we weren't going to be back or be able to go in there along for a long time. And for a long time, it turned into this, you know, all they did was COVID, 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 which is they're mm -hmm. still doing now, but with some, you know, different sides of the news coming in, it started. And then uh, we had, we just realized we had to become more of a virtual company. We, uh, we were working with this brewery at the time and we started doing beer yoga, which it was so great because you got to like expand yeah. creatively and especially for businesses as well and agencies and different um yeah. you, know, you get to expand on those local opportunities and be it's, able to hone in on that which i think is really cool too because yeah, when other when other will you have the opportunity in, until right now right exactly so I, I don't like the word pivot but you have to use it i guess but we did and we've been doing virtual events quite successfully for some time now and it's uh uh, the clients are, you know, as happy as they can be, right? You just totally get some people in there, get some interest, and um, we. It's we interesting. Would... Oh, yeah, so go ahead. Sure it's interesting because the the burger there was a there was some social media influencer, and he, he took that marketing angle, and during COVID, it was about six months. I saw the article, and he literally raised a ton of money to help small businesses, and he created a burger line. Yeah, but it's a virtual burger line because he has he was using local restaurants to make the burgers and then using his marketing influence to sell them on, you know, online or through skip or whatever. So yeah. anyway, it's interesting you say that. Well, it's a, uh, it's, and then we, we did uh, best of Calgary foods was another one that launched and that was a uh, 24 real like food people that really wanted to keep alive. So they formed this coalition of foodies that you can order their food directly to your house twice. Yeah. Show. And, so that worked out really well. And then through that, we got Market Basket, which is another really fun project. But the, uh, you know, the beer yoga, that was, I, I had gone to beer yoga <laughs> at Cabin Brewery with my wife. Yeah. And uh, so it was just one of those ideas. That I thought, well, we could, let's do beer yoga with Common Crown. And it worked out really well. Um, yes. Yeah. So we, I think it was just, a, you got to figure out a way to make your, keep your clients relevant and keep yourself relevant. And until we get through this garbage and, uh, <laughs> Well, I think we're all kind of at that point where we're just we're just frustrated and we want to get back to almost yeah. the, the normal lifestyle of living. And I I mean, I always applaud those and different businesses that kind of take this opportunity and try and turn it into something that's positive and try and bring up like how important it is to, to support local and to make sure we hone in on like, cause one other time would we be able to do this, right? So exactly. even though it's virtual and it may not be as fun as having an event with 250 people, but you know what? We're just working with what we got, so. Yeah, we do, uh, we're doing like financial updates with our clients and uh, they, we get, everybody gets sent a, you know, like a charcuterie board and a little bottle of wine. Yeah. And, and then, so that's, you know, you, if you give something to somebody, they're gonna tune in because they're like, oh, I gotta eat this meat in front of everybody, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then that helps another that helps a couple of companies right so totally but that's pretty creative because you're creating that content bob there's i mean yeah. you guys are just creating content that can be shared across the globe as opposed to a 250 person event if somebody didn't see the video or you didn't have the, yeah it was, it was not a video it just, you wouldn't have any content to share so that's yes. i think you can yeah all right well let's let's switch gears now to paul paul you can share some of your stories if you want from where you're working today and maybe and another question. You have two. Wow. You have two cracks at it now, Paul. Uh, two cracks at it. Well, it's kind of interesting talking. Well, with Bob, right, specifically about event planning and some of those previous experiences that I had during the early stages of the pandemic and trying to plan like an in-person event in the summer. 
Uh, and it's just trying to kind of gain a little bit more of that leverage, but it's, it's just a little bit, it's a bit different. It's a bit more challenging having to write some guidelines and restrictions, especially for an in-person event, as opposed to like a virtual event, because that's how the restrictions were in early June slash July when I was planning it. Right. Yeah. But it was trying to hit a moving target. That's at least how I felt like, because at, at any moment, those restrictions could change. Right. So you're back there with your bow and arrow and you're planning your event and everything, but all of a sudden that has to get revised because a new set of restrictions or new set of regulations has come in. So you're just jumping. So kind of tying into this COVID-19 and especially since we're new graduates, what's the best advice that you could give to a fresh grad heading into the industry today, especially with COVID-19 and the economy not being as great as we remember it, especially in 2019? Yeah. Well, you're probably going to have to be working from home for a little bit more. Um, yeah. We're lucky in our office, we have the space. And so Ellen and Jacqueline and I have been here you know, every day because we have the room. Um, so it's, but I would imagine most places you're going to have to start remotely. So you have to have your head around that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, any digital skills you can bring to the table are just priceless right now. Um, video, editing, you know, the, photos, everything needs to be shared in a visual manner still to get people's interest. So, um, and then just the, you know, you have to be adaptable and ready to just change on a moment's notice. These are the things I've learned. And I, like I'm 62. So I mean, I keep, I, I know how it works, but I don't know how it works. No, it's, does it's, that make sense? No, it, yes, it does. Yeah. It's incredibly true. I've, I've had noticed that with kind of adapting with yeah, videography and yeah adding more skills to the toolbox yeah. because you just don't know what you're going to need at a certain time. Right. No. And, and you know, if you, if they say, can you do this? No, but I'll find out how to do it. And, yeah. You know, be adaptable and ready to go. And, you know, I was, I, I wanted to explain that last comment of mine. Like I, I started one of the first Twitter accounts in the city and I still, I still have no idea how it works, but it works. So. <laughs> it, it, it does. <laughs> Wait, are you Twitter Bob? Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's you know it's fun. To, I, like I for some, I get like one hundred and twelve thousand impressions on there every month. So I'm like, whoa, wow. So, so I'm careful what I put on there. Yeah, you have to be a, <laughs> right. That many it's kind of a big deal, Bob. I mean, come on. Well, I wasn't trying. I was just. I was. I just try to explain that you know the <laughs> digital. I wasn't trying to pump my own tires, honestly. I, oh my uh, gosh, no, no, no. No, but the uh, it's it's funny how the digital world works, right? Like Instagram, I, I started Instagram just for the help, just for fun, to be honest. And I still do it just for fun. But I get offers from all these companies around that. Well, you want to do an influencer campaign? I'm like, no, I do not. So, <laughs> so I just try and help out my buddies as much as I can. Like, uh, just I, I like to help spread the message of local business and restaurants. That's fun. Bob, I want to give a question, and then I want to take on Paul's bit, bit of take, but it was from my la one of my last guests earlier podcast from the students from uh, from a UFC, and the question went to uh, Robert Price from from Bode, Bode Canada, which is a real estate. But I want to twist it a little bit and say, Bob, if you could go back to the fifties when they were first TV first became prevalent for you know mainstream television for marketing, what would you change? Could you if you went back to the fifties today? I know you were born then, but I mean. What would you what would you change if you could go back today? What one thing? I don't know. I maybe wouldn't have uh, eaten so much. I wouldn't have started smoking. 
No, uh, <laughs> but I've been free for ten. I've been clean for ten years. Not you, Bob. I'm talking about television. Oh, television. Yeah, <laughs> I would have written. Uh, I would have written somewhere in there that you weren't allowed to uh, promote the internet when it came because that was uh, that was when I was in the newsrooms and we used to go. Oh, look, we saw this on uh, on Google the other day. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, why would you promote Google? They're your competition. They just killed. They killed the internet. They wow. they promoted themselves. They promoted another platform. Yeah. Um, you know, and like even now, you watch what's trending on some newscasts, and like most of us would have seen that a week ago, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, they're better at it now. So I I don't know. I don't know if the fifties is too far back. If I could go back. Well, you don't know about this. I'll share it because I listened to a podcast the other day. And he said, "You know what they did in, in when when radio first, or TV first came out? They didn't know how to advertise, so they held up signs yeah. from the radio, right? Yeah. And they didn't know those early days of holding up signs. And I think what you've said is very valuable because you're promoting the next level. Yeah. And maybe the, maybe to the the uh, you know the out there the, the the change. That's probably not a bad thing to embrace it. You know, instead of uh, instead of ignoring it." Maybe just a better adoption so that they evolve yeah. together. I don't know. Yeah, make yourself like we could back in those days, we could have made our own platform to do funny stuff, I think. Yeah. And yeah. instead, we promoted another platform. But I think the reason they held up signs is because film was so expensive back then, too. <laughs> um, oh. we, used to do, we used to do live commercials in the studio, like still in the studio when I was there. It was, I thought this is hilarious. I, I used to watch these things. Yeah. And, uh, it was like this, like this weird trend that came back. That some person that would come in that shouldn't be on TV selling mattresses. Oh, that's awesome. funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. So, you know what? I have a, I was talking to a buddy of mine that we worked together in TV for a long time. I, 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 I was so lucky to work when, in the television industry when I did because we had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of politically incorrect things. Um, I'll admit to it, but it was just the time we lived in, right? There was no, no harm intended or anything. But I mean, some of the things we used to do were pretty crazy. Well, thank you for that, Bob. Well, let's 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 switch back to uh, who's next. Is it uh, Eliza? Yeah, yeah. Just st sticking with the COVID theme, I'm yeah. I'm curious. How do you see the industry evolving after the pandemic has subsided? Because like it's it's constantly changing, and I'm I'm wondering if you're gonna bring anything forward from COVID um, and keep practicing it in the future. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good question, Liza. The, uh, I think I still think we're going to be away down the road before everyone feels comfortable going into a restaurant with 300 people, for, mm -hmm. for example. So I think for a while it might be a, a slow return, um, staged arrivals of guests. Um, everything will be captured on video to share later. So that's what one of the reasons we developed that company is so we can record it for our clients mm -hmm. um and I, I i think it's just gonna be a slow crawl back but i know that people are dying to get out and i mean a good example was that rodeo this weekend right there's two thousand people um yeah. but i think i think people want to reconnect with humanity and one of our clients is the folk fest and it just kills me that we can't you know i don't, I don't know how it may go forward this year no one knows for sure yet but i mean that was like the premier one of the premier events in calgary for me um so for, everything's going to come back. It'll be a little bit different to start, but this digital world we live in is here to stay. Like Amazon's not going away. Uh, skip the dishes and all that other stuff is here to stay. People are going to stay in their homes more, I think. 
but I think there's a there's a hunger and an appetite to get back out into the world once everything is clear and we can go. Mm-hmm. So, but I still think there's going to be that digital aspect moving forward. That's not going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually pretty, Bob. That's actually very consistent with what I had Alex Sarian on from Arts Commons. Yeah, he's a, he's a new CEO and he came in from New York, hired during COVID, and he literally said the hybrid of digital and live events. It's not going to go away. And no. You really just you, you mirrored what he just said. What he he said last week on the podcast. So yeah. thank you for that. It's, it's literally I like to hear that. So I guess that's something for the students to think about. And uh, since Eliza had the last question, Grace, are you back on? Yes, sure. Um, basically, I guess what I could ask, since I am seeking like new opportunities and trying to see what I can dip my toes in. As an as someone who has been involved in the industry for a really long time, what are some what's some advice that you could give someone as a fresh grad? I know Paula kind of touched on this, but what are some key tools along with being familiar with like digital communications and making sure that's in the tool belt? But how could one stand out one step further? Like what else could me as someone going into this industry, how could I make an impression and how could I um, stand out compared to my colleagues as well? Yeah, I think I think it's it's important. Um, when I did, I used to volunteer a lot before I got into TV. Yeah. And so that's that's a key thing if you have the time in your life to volunteer, um, get in the know, like get on some lists. Like, you know, you guys can all email me later, and I'll put I'll put if anyone wants to volunteer once we start doing events. But like the CPRS and the the CPRS and what's the other one? The uh... IABC. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. They both have volunteer logins that you can do once yeah. that's involved, right and that's and a great I, way yeah it's a great way to build your network for sure and i know yeah it's very um like in the program as well like the pr program they very much push for that because i mean yeah and you get it's all about networking and creating those connections with people in the city that you're working in i feel like that's really important too which is really great but yeah definitely and especially because things you know as we're slowly trying to get back to the normalcy of life yeah. i feel like that's definitely a really great um option as well so thank you yeah. so much appreciate yeah. that and, and even be willing to move if you need to right like oh yeah if, absolutely yeah. <laughs> like because i know like vancouver and toronto are like really big markets um edmonton as well you know mm-hmm. wherever you can get land on your feet somewhere i think that's your first i always used to say to uh tv interns you know like your first job is your best job because that's where you're actually your foot's in the door people know who you are and you can leave a good impression or or destroy your career as soon as you start. But, you know, let's all assume we're going to leave good impressions and <laughs> yeah. be open to whatever, right? Yeah. No, I'm still going to clean the kitchen up here. No. <laughs> but Bob, to your, Bob, Bob, to your point about the volunteer, because I think yeah. it's fantastic. Some of the nonprofits, and I don't know the students, you know, how you look at, but there's a lot of nonprofits out there that can't afford, yeah. you know, maybe their PR, their donor budgets have dried up or the donor funding. You know, they probably could use some insights yeah. of their, you know, their, their digital footprint, you know, and, and what are they doing on social media? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a year's been passed since I had Jason Rivera on from Calgary Economic Development. Yeah. And he said there were so many businesses, both profit and nonprofit, that didn't have a digital presence. And they were they were working very hard with different companies, you know, in Calgary to get them just some basic, basic, uh, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. And you know, you can it's, you can hang a shingle too. Like I've been seeing a lot of comms companies come up, but you still have to have you still have to have relationships and network. Um, and the only way to get that is to build them yourself, or through your or through people you meet, right? 
So the online shingle, how does that differ from the roof shingles that you're used to? In the old days? <laughs> I guess shingle wasn't a great reference. No, no, but that's, that's, that's the term, right? I just hung a shingle out and they just came running. And that was the old days that you put a sign for yeah. sale or whatever it was, right? Yeah, and the, uh, you know, anyone can have an Instagram account, right? But you have to, you have to nurture it and make it grow. And Facebook, same thing, right? Twitter. I know Twitter, TikTok seems to be the new craze, right? Are you guys all on TikTok? Unfortunately, yes. It's very addicting. I know, I know. And it's just a trap because you just, yeah. you know, all of a sudden it's genius, honestly. Like whoever I know the people that created it really had they had their ducks in a row when they created it because they definitely did. They yeah. knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> so. yeah, because you don't have to really it just flies by, it's rapid fire. Yeah, exactly. And it's convenient. It's quick. It's that like, there's a very short attention span towards it. Like it's yeah. genius. It's absolute genius. So but I even still haven't bought one thing from watching it up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been there long enough yet, Bob. But Trust me. <laughs> I, I'm influenced by my food friends. So that's my, fair. My buddy put up best dim sum uh, article on the weekend and I, I just drove up to the store and bought fifty dollars worth. So, <laughs> you know, that's but that's me. So every market's different, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back. Let's go back to Paul. I give Paul another chance. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. Obviously, with industries kind of changing, which industries do you think are going to be the most viable for public relations after the pandemic subsided? Yeah. Well, I, I think the music industry is going to need a bit of recovery. Mm -hmm. um, things like live events. Uh, Food for sure, getting people back in the seats. Uh, the new energy, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. Right? Um, environment seems to be like those are all top of mind. Government, like there's a lot of, uh, like the government's probably going to change again. So um, anything with anything with the information needs to be shared. So that's a really good question, Paul. It's, uh, I think the, we work. We worked with a lot of people that launched online shopping platforms because just to survive. Yeah. So I think I I still haven't I've only ordered one thing off Amazon in the last yeah. yeah so I know a lot of people use it all the time, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, e-commerce is incredible. E-commerce e is, is the big thing, right? So we just finished a contract with the this uh, flower like it's a succulent company that ships right across Canada. And uh, we got some good coverage, and they do really good stuff. Um, but they have to have a story, right? So, yeah. um, I think e-commerce is probably the even like alcohol delivery, like everything's everything can be dropped off at your house now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like the malls are going to transition into something different. Uh, the medical field is going virtual, so we've had some interesting clients that we're launching with. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I think anything that can be done on the internet, I think that'd be a good way to describe it. I'm sorry, I don't have a more definitive answer for you there. No, that's that's still very good and very uh, yeah. insightful. Well, that, let's, 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 Paul, let's take that to you then. If you were hired by Parker PR, what strategy would you provide them for 2022? 2022, yeah, I'd be definitely looking at how can... Well, specific clients, I'd be looking at how can we leverage more digital transformation? How can we make ourselves more digital and more personable? Because we want to maximize that user experience online and offline, right? Yeah. So 
I will be looking at how can we maximize that. Good. That's I a good like one. That. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give Grace a chance now. Grace, what digital technology did you learn over at M Royal that you think would would they could benefit over at if you're hired again? We're we're back to getting hired. Parker mm -hmm. PR is hiring you as well, Grace. <laughs> Uh, what would what what one digital technology would you recommend them to, to implement? Honestly, I'm in the same boat as Paul. I think a lot of the things too we learned was very foundationally based at, at Mount Royal. Like it's a lot of feeding you to tell and like kind of grow from your own experience. So I know for me personally, I actually have a small business on. I have an Instagram page and it's strictly online. But then we're slowly starting to um, open up markets because it runs under the retail business, right? So I actually um, I manage and run a sustainable fashion market in Calgary. So a lot of that has just been trial and error, a lot of communication with, you know, AHS and being making sure that it's all open to yeah. interpretation. I feel like that's really important. But I also truly believe in trial and error. <laughs> like if I'm being completely honest, I feel like a lot of the things that we're taught in school really gives us the idea. But then as we grow as professionals and as we're in like the, as we're starting our careers, it's really just like trying something. If it works, great. If it doesn't, how can we kind of make it more um, applicable to us and how can we kind of pursue it that way? So I definitely think that um, trial and error, especially during this time, because it's very unpredictable what's going to happen. Like one week we could be in lockdown. The next week we can have a little bit more um, wiggle room. So I think a lot of it is just trying to figure out how we can put our best foot forward, I guess. Yeah. If I can bounce off that too, Grace, most entrepreneurs fail 10 times before they land something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I truly think that I never really knew that I was going to be doing it, but it is the only thing that kept me sane throughout this pandemic. And it's just like my side hustle while I was a full-time student because, you know, the malls closed, everything closed. And I'm like, Hey, how can I kind of take this opportunity and turn it into something that I truly enjoy? So yeah, sustainable cool. fashion has just been really awesome for me and I really enjoy it. So yeah. Grace, I'm sure doing amazing. <laughs> Grace, I'm sure that's, a, that's a very mature thing to say because it reminds me of a podcast, another one, uh, Reed Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, co-founder of PayPal. He said, he said, entrepreneurs, and Bob, you, could probably, you probably understand this, entrepreneurs should use the ABZ for planning. Plan A, plan Bs, and Z, uh, plan Z or Z is go, if A's and B's fail, you go back to Z before you run out of money. And Z is completely up, up, upside the apple cart and do everything new. So I think what you're saying, you're on something there, Grace. Thank you for that. What's, yeah. the name of the, what's the name of the business, Chris? It's called All Things GQ. So it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my first name is Grace, last name is Quinn, and it's basically all things me. So yeah, I do. I'm the team manager for the Relove Market, so it's a sustainable fashion marketing company, yeah. and we basically optimize on just other resellers that want to kind of imprint on. And especially, you were talking about the like environment and being more aware of what's going on. And I yeah. feel like within five years, like mark my words, like within five years, there's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to move to that sustainable realm of expertise because I think yeah. that's going to be huge. So yeah, I'm obviously, I'm very passionate about it. I don't mean to plug it in and like just- No, no, plug but, away. Yeah. So, I just but, followed it. I just followed it. It's great. Thank you. No, but the, I, that's a great, because GQ is a, when when I was going to university, it was the big magazine. So that's right. Yeah, and conveniently great. so. Yeah, and I think a lot of people. Um, I know it's a men's like fashion magazine magazine, but then I didn't really kind of make the connection until now. But then 
it was kind of, it was my nickname. Like people called me GQ, and I was like, well, this is all things me, so awesome. it has a good ring to it. I was like, why not? Let's try it out. So, yeah. <laughs> and where's right, the reload? Eliza, I got a question for you. Okay. If you were to start a clubhouse, let's say you were hired by you got a year to go. So, but let's say you were hired by Parker PR, and they wanted you to start a clubhouse chat room. What would you? What would your focus be? The first point. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is the answer you're looking for, but I, I've never actually used Clubhouse. So um, Me neither. you could explain a little bit about it. Okay, well, let's, because you guys, you talked about uh, TikTok. Well, Clubhouse is the new, I don't know how you want to frame it, but Clubhouse is really just chat like this. But literally people get in there and they, they, they talk about all kinds of concepts of what are founders of firms, CEOs, venture capital companies, and they just invite people to chat. And it's literally... It's some profound. Like yesterday, I listened to a clubhouse chat room and they were talking about COVID in India and they were Indian nationals. And it was like really thought provoking because it's top of mind. It's current. It's kind of, you know, so it's current, whatever you want to talk about. You form a chub, a chub room, a, club, a clubhouse <laughs> room, a chat room, and you just, you invite people to talk. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think in terms of PR and communications, I think it would be really relevant to talk about the visual component to all of this. So um, the importance of uh, videography, photography, yeah. kind of promotion, um, yeah. using those tactics. And I, cause I think people are, especially now they're always on their phones and they're very visually inclined. And I think that's the best way for people to get information and to stay engaged. I think I think there needs to be more discussion and emphasis on that, and I, I see things going that way. But yeah, yeah, you can take an iPhone 12 and shoot professional video. It's like mm-hmm. it's amazing, right? Yeah. And uh, my camera used to weigh 43 pounds. The battery had <laughs> tape would last 20 minutes. It, you know, it, it was when I think about it, it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's you can crazy. Do that. You know, I wow. and Ellen and I have been on location, Jacqueline as well. We've shot video on our iPhones and sent it to newsrooms. Yeah. Because they couldn't make it, but they wanted to cover the story. So, and you, you know, you don't even need the internet. You just go, oh, send. I can even do it. Yeah, it's become a lot easier to do videography. I still prefer the nice setup of the camera and the gimbal, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how this has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I also think it speaks to how people in the industry and public relations kind of have to be able to adapt and to do yeah. all of those things. Like there's so many elements to PR now and you kind of, there's so much to learn and so much to practice and you got to be creative and it's, it's you really do. exciting to think about actually. I like, I like to call it like, it's like media, right? Like everything we do is media. It's yeah. And PR is a facet of that. The, uh, because you can just tell your story and if you can't get it on the mainstream media, then you get it on a platform that can share it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's fascinating world. And you're only limited by your imagination. Really. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when I was, when the digital transformation was happening in our newsroom, there was a couple of guys that were you know, a couple of years older than me and they refused. They dug their heels in. They said, no, this is stupid. And then they didn't last. So mm. you have to adapt. So, you yeah. know, when you, when you, when you guys are all older, something new is going to come along and you're going to have to adapt to it. it it's just the way it is. Yeah. So I feel like that's really, I feel like that's super important though, Bob, because I know yeah. 
especially having that open mind, I feel like is so crucial right now. And being yeah. able to, if there is something new, have have that open mind because you can have that conversation. Like if someone you think of something or even like Clubhouse, like not knowing what it is, but being yeah. able to be like, okay, that's a really cool platform or that's a really cool concept. Like tell me more about that. Like I think yeah. that conversation basis is really, really crucial right now. So I appreciate you having an open mind. I think that's really awesome. So yeah, well, we went from LPs to 45s to eight tracks to cassettes. Yeah. To CDs. Then LPs came back and now it's digital. And, yeah, you know, I, like, so I, I actually it, collect them too because I think yeah. it's so cool. And I, you yeah. know, I think it's really being able to um, like kind of adapt to that is really important. And I think yeah. that it's all about the transition and moving yeah. into the different industry, which is awesome. So. I think adaptability is the key word that we all are going to come away with here. So, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what? especially in this day and age, there's like no excuse for you not to be able to pick something up, right? There's yeah. lessons online. You should be able to adapt and oh, yeah. adjust really quick and rapid fire. YouTube has instructions for everything now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for Linda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Paul, no, Paul, go back to your, back to the university, your, your time at, in my world. Like, did you debate stuff? What do we see? Some trends where we saw, you know, early, did they talk about those things, some trends and what do they predict any predictability or maybe based on what's happened in the past? Is that, is that, have you had that discussion? Uh, there's, there's been like a little bit of that discussion, but it's, it'll be interesting to kind of get Bob's perspective on it too. There has been talk of, you know, some of the traditional ways of using traditional media as kind of dissipating and using more of an online presence. And they think that online presence is going to be a little bit more established as we're moving forward, especially with COVID-19 and in the future, they think it's going to change. And one of the things that is really interesting to me is the newsroom isn't dominated by stories that are written by journalists. It's not investigative as much anymore. This was in an Edelman report, right? Yeah. It's, it is more, on the public relations practitioners, they're the ones who are providing the stories, right? So now we're actually trying to be there, find that balance of, oh, we want to kind of promote media, but we also want to still make it as unbiased as possible. And you're trying to find that like really weird balance between leveraging for your organization and also still giving a good story that has a good happy medium for all parties who are reviewing it, right? And if you look at, um, if you look at the news for the last, Let's, let's just say for the last year, it's been, here's what the government says we need to do. Yeah. Here's what the medical community says we need to do. Here's some people that think it's bullshit. Um, oh, and here's a new restaurant that opened somewhere tucked away, right? Yeah. That's, that's like, if you go through the newsroom lineups for the last year, it's like COVID numbers, COVID numbers, COVID numbers for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then when I left the newsroom, we used to do the flu numbers on Thursday. Like we'd go, oh, there's so many people got the flu and three people died. And, you know, I never even thought much of it at the time. But now it's like, it's like oversaturated. I, I think they're losing the message a little bit. And the government has definitely lost control of this province. It's, it's yeah. like, it's a mess right now. It's, but the, sorry, I got a little strayed there. Yes. I think the digital information is going to be key and it has to be, uh, you have to decide, is this credible or am I, it was just bullshit, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And yeah. one of the kind of questions to kind of segue off that, Bob, is yeah. so when it comes to like traditional media and traditional media relations, you know, people are getting a little bit more uh, skeptical about using it. But how do you feel that it still has a place in the public relations industry? Good yeah. question, yeah. Paul. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, like you look at Global and CTV, CBC to some extent, City, City TV to a smaller extent, and, the, you know, the radio stations that are all kind of owned. I think it's still, you can, that's the best way to get your message out to a large group of people. Um, like I see a lot of these Instagram followers, and I'm sure you guys have seen it as well, with 110,000 followers in Calgary. And I'm like, really yet? I don't think you even have met that many people in your life. So, um, you know, because you, you can buy all those things, right? So the only, the only media outlets that have that many followers are global, CTV, host media, like the mainstream media, because people still go there for their information. Um, there's some people on YouTube that have some impact because they've built up their their brand, but like some, sorry, and I'll, I'll just like some young guy that's going out to restaurants does not have thirty five thousand followers. I, I just call bullshit on it. Yeah, and there's a I have I have a formula to figure it out now. So um, yeah, I I just like to oh sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I'd just like to add to that because we've, we've had a couple discussions around influencers and all yeah. of that stuff in, in our program. And I think it's more so about the quality, or not the quality, but the engagement yes. of your, you and your followers. And it's not just about like the yeah. number no. itself, you know? And if, if you look on a lot of them, I'll watch, they'll, have a, they'll, do, they'll do a giveaway to a restaurant. And that's when their engagement goes up. Because mm -hmm. they got 400 people that want to win 50 bucks at the steakhouse. Mm -hmm. But yeah. for the most part, when they put a picture of melted cheese on their bread at home, like they're getting, they're getting like two, three comments, right? So that's not engagement. <laughs> right? That's not yeah. engagement. That's it's not true. And, it really is. Yeah. And, and I, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. Sorry, don't mean to cut you off. Bob. No, not at all. We're talking, um, so it's no cut off. So. Yeah. No, I was, I was <laughs> just gonna say. I think it's I. And again, it's being authentic. Like I know, like especially like building a page and being able to connect with people and being yeah. to start from like to organically build relationships with people. I feel yeah. like that is so important. Yeah. And I know like giveaways and like that gets a higher engagement, but when you do have influencers that actually like connect with their followers, it's like yeah. night and day when it comes to what kind of connections are being made. So I feel like, yeah, that formula is definitely bang on. Cause I feel like it's just, yes. you would kind of know what's going on when it, that kind of stuff happens. But yeah. my friend, my friend food karma blog, she's got like 12,000 followers and they're all legit. Like she hasn't paid for one. And you know, I watch it just because I'm, she does such nice work. Um, and she's now she's now writing in Avenue, and she works with Eat North. Um, you know, she's built it up. And we met we met ten years ago in the uh, Sharkut Kitchen when Top Chef Chef Season One started, because that's how I started Instagram. I was like, oh, I go to these food things. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but that's important, but Bob. I mean, it is. Her, her or it sounds like she's got organic reach. Meaning she, she does. Has, she's yeah. managed to get to the people. Through their their stomach, their belly, their whatever it is that yeah yeah yeah, and she's very genuine. So, um, and the, if you can stay true to that, don't buy followers. It's not worth it. It'll just yeah. blow up in your face one day. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And the, her follow. Oh, sorry. Go, is that Eliza? Yeah, I was just gonna say, and her followers probably have a lot of trust in her, and they're they more do. likely yeah. to, um, yeah, trust her opinion, and it's going to be a more effective way of promotion. Very much so. I get. We started Parker PR Media with zero followers, and we're at seven hundred now. So, and, and I'm we're we're happy to just watch it grow slow, because um, mm -hmm. once you hit a thousand, you know that I always look at that as a, you know that's a that's a successful account. Once you get over a thousand, that's mm -hmm. you can get some yeah. engagement going on that. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So I'm I'm pretty unsuccessful. I've had more I have more podcasts than I do followers. So I don't know how do you describe that. Let me <laughs> people. I'm are, just talking. Sorry, I keep going to food only. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's okay. But yeah. look, I wanted to because this is an important point. There's a there's a there's somebody out there called Little Michaela, an influencer. Does anybody know Little Michaela? Little Michaela? Yeah, Lil. No. It's Lil Michaela with a Q. No. No. Okay. She has probably two two million followers, and she's a bot. And yeah. the podcast I listened to about a year ago, Little Michaela, was just to get for community engagement. And the and if you listen to this, I send I'll send you the link. Literally, the Little Michaela. So the link to that was, she was created to to try to reach to the community because the the gate the base in the certain communities didn't trust the influencers. And it was it's a pretty compelling uh, story. And I don't know how much it was then. It was about two million. I don't know what she's at today. My favorite. There was a there was a good one. There was uh, these fashion influencers were invited to try on shoes at a fashion a, a fake fashion shoe place. Yeah. And they were all from like Payless, like things we'd buy, right? I shouldn't yeah. say that, but um, and they were like, "Oh, these shoes are amazing." And, um, they were like twenty-three dollars shoes. So <laughs> you have to. I know. It's it like food for thought. It's like if you just got to think about those things. Yeah, I know. It's and it's kind of a the happy medium of things, but yeah, and it just I think just stay true to what you what works for you and stay genuine. Yeah. Um, you know, you're gonna get. I I end up having to do some things here that you know I don't really. Read but I just find a way to make it exciting because if you don't, then it's not going to happen, right? Absolutely. Because so, I'm not a fashion guy, but um, <laughs> but we do end up, you know, there, there's some great people in that community do some great charity work. So that's how I make it work in my thought process is that they're doing some great work for charity. So this is going to be exciting. But I'm telling you, Bob, that three years ago, I heard the word thrifting from my daughter. We yeah. live in the Middle East. Can we go thrifting when we get to Canada? Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Mark my words. I do it. <laughs> I do it I'm almost every second day. And especially I'm in Saskatchewan right now just visiting family. Just my parents wanted to celebrate me being done. But nice. no one no one thrifts here. But all of my girlfriends, even my guy friends, like I will just collect stuff for them like that I know that they will like. And I'll just create these little yeah. personalized boxes and give it to them. I'm like, here you go. This is, you know, just... Pay me for my time, and that's all. But I love doing it. I think it's so much fun. It's, yep. Yes. I may have been. I've, I've been into a few value villages in my day. Oh yeah. The thrifting, thrifting by all things GQ. Yes, Alan. And, yes. And see, some people they love the aspect of having thrifted clothing, but they don't always want to spend hours in thrift stores. Yeah. So that's when Grace comes in, and she's like, "Let me do this for you." Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. Look at I, I bought a pair of Levi's once, and my daughter said, "Oh, somebody died in those." <laughs> yeah. No. No, but now, Bob, now she thrifts like crazy. So. I'm telling you. Run, you can run a TikTok commercial. Are you still wearing your grandma's curtains? <laughs> yeah. These are my grandma's curtains. These pants were made for my grandma's. I got them at the Goodwill. No, I had a. I, I bought. I bought a brand new espresso machine. Like it was a, a Seiko, pump driven, beautiful machine, and it was just sitting there for thirteen dollars. It still had the styrofoam on it. You can't and beat it. I'm know, telling so you. you. I can't grabbed beat it. it. I was like, start the car. And, uh, <laughs> I God, you sound like me. Oh, my God. My parents didn't get it for the longest time. They're yeah. like, Grace, this is from 1985. Why are you picking this up? This makes oh, no gosh, sense. That's funny. And I was like, no, like this is the thing. You have to trust me. And then yeah. now that was I started my page in 2019 and I was thrifting in high school. But now it's trendy now. Like people people love it. And, I'm, and my parents are like, 
I get it. I'm like, you know what? You just have to trust the process sometimes. Input from Paul on this one. So when it comes to fashion, I'm not really a big fashion guy like Bob, but yes, it is. It's incredibly <laughs> meaningful to get those trends. Personally, I haven't done a lot of thrifting, but yeah, I definitely check out Grace's page when I want a little bit of advice on what's actually coming. Oh, I love this. This is this is brilliant. And oh. the feeling you get when you find something, yeah, such a good deal, and it's so yeah. cheap, and you know, good for the environment. It's just, it's so addicting. I it is. Grace does it. And it's yeah. Really cheap, yeah. And the Relove Market has had some media love too, hasn't it? They oh, have, yeah. 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 We, I actually pitched a story to Curiosity, and yeah. I just sent them a DM on the um, the Instagram page, and I was like, "Hey, this is happening." <laughs> they were like, "Okay, cool." And they posted about it, and Sarah Little, she's the uh, creative director, but she moved to Victoria, and she wants to open yeah. the market out there. So she's like, "You can be my stand-in woman in Calgary." And I was like, oh, "Perfect." So it's that, the community is so amazing. Yeah, that. like it's. No, but I Grace, love Grace, you don't need permission. You can go to Substack and create your own articles and posts or go to Medium and publish those articles and then tag them and say, here's what I published on this site. Because I think there's a really there's something really underground there. Bob's mentioned, you know, Valley Village and it's that place is huge. Oh there's, my there's goodness. Three, of them in, three or four in Calgary. They're massive. Oh yeah. I cycle through like each of them. Like I live in the Southwest and the one in McLeod, I'm there probably once a week, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's crazy. I, I love it. It just, it like feeds my soul. And like I my said, my daughter it, followed like, a girl around. She goes, I want those pants. She's, like, she's 16 or 15. She followed around. We had to follow this girl. She's like, is she going to put him back? Is she going to put him back? Oh God, I and do that all the right time. Right to the till. Right to the till. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah okay. this is like the oh, story of my life but yeah no i love this discussion this is like warming my heart right now i seriously <laughs> but this is tiktok okay this is this is the clubhouse this is clubhouse i brought it for you because i think you we just great we created something so i don't i did none of you heard of clubhouse which are not heard of it but have used it i just you know it's just something new bob mentioned uh tiktok he doesn't understand it Bob's still starting to figure out how to send an SMS message, so. <laughs> I love I, it. I was invited to a few clubhouses, and I said, no, I'm just going to have a clubhouse sandwich instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic. Bob, yeah. I, I, I'll, no, all fun inside, Bob. This is fantastic because, you know, I, I look forward to being like you in eight years or whatever. I got six to go or five. Yeah. This is so fantastic to see. You know, you've made the transition from the newsroom to the PR room and you're bringing media to them. There's a lot coming out of this one. So thank you for bringing yeah. that today. And I encourage you guys to reach out to me if you want on email or whatever. We can continue talking. Um, yeah. Grace, you. Paul, oh. Eliza, I open that. And Sydney, do any of you know Sydney Karaja? Oh, yeah. 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 She just landed a position there, which I yep. talked to her about it. That's awesome. She's yeah, so great. Sid's great. So. Um, and is, is Tori still working there? Tori is still here on a part-time basis. Because, nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, Tori's a riot. We all have yeah, fun. he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a real fun team here. We all take care of each other. Good. Aww, that's yeah. awesome. So oh, uh, I want, one last word. I want to say about the Valley Village, and I think because Calgary's really <laughs> boom on the consignment and all that. And there's one thing, because Bob, one of your clients or one of, was Simon Fish, um, the Fishman, Fishman. Yeah, Fishman, Bo Jeff. Yeah. And one thing I th I thought it would be real, you know, because if if you think of when people bring clothes and they need to be washed, right? Yeah. And so that, how when I looked at last time I went into Valley Village, it's massive, and mm -hmm. there's one up in Northwest, you know, and the amount of clothes in there they got to be washed, and you a dry cleaner of choice, 
your partner PR team right there. I don't know. Yeah. You got, you no, gotta... I'm it's I'm serious. It's a thing. I know I launder all my stuff, but when it comes to like genuine leather suede items, it has to be yeah. dry cleaned and it can get expensive, but you have to think about the duration of that item, right? That's an item that has stand the test of time and yeah. it's only coming back. So I know, um, and I guess the Relove market, there's a ton of vendors that come and we all have the same mentality. We all have the same kind of process when it comes to sustainable and thrifted fashion. So yeah, yeah, and that's coming up May, I think it's the May 22nd and 23rd at the Commonwealth Barn stage. I'll plug it Woo-hoo. in because, you please know. Please tag us, and please tag me on Instagram as well. I do use it from time to time. Bob, though, does 12,000 posts a month. Is that what you're right. yeah, my I love Twitter, that, Bob. I'm uh, 50 followers away on Twitter from 5,000, so. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> I love We're that. We're talking with a celebrity here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He's, he's Twitter Bob, I told you. <laughs> I, have, I have fun on it. Sideshow Bob. Wasn't it a show called Sideshow Bob or something? Wasn't That's it? right, on The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, anyway, everyone, thank you. Eliza, Grace, Paul, thank you for really being, a, this has been a dynamic discussion. And Bob, you know, a lot of fun. This has been great. Yeah, thank yeah. You, Thanks Paul. for having me, huh? And yeah. uh, if you need, you have all my email, I think, from this calendar. So feel free. Reach out. Absolutely. Thank can we you. Grab a coffee or... okay. Wait, can we? Can you put some clarity on your Instagram handle? I know we talked about it offline, but please tell us, share it with us. The story about the Bob, Bob the Builder. No, not Bob. The oh, News Bob. It started it off Bob with two beats, right? I was old punker on there at one time, and then it got that got stolen from me. <laughs> I, uh, no. Yeah, and it was. I woke up one morning, and all of a sudden, my account is underscore old punker, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And this other, this, it was like someone in Europe took it. Replaced all the Google searches and you got um, robbed, Bob. I got robbed, and it's robbed. So then I moved on to News Bob on both platforms. It's worked out good. So that's great. That's a yeah. great. I love that. Okay, guys, I got to run. Well, everyone, thanks Bye. very much, and yeah. everyone, stay safe. Thanks so much. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.